You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Chris Collins, contributing editor with Franklin County Now, and veteran Western Mass journalist Dave Eisenstatter. Chris, Dave, thanks for being with us today. Hello. COVID-19 rates have been on the rise over the last few weeks in Massachusetts and elsewhere. City officials in Springfield met this week to consider their options to deal with the growing case number. Mass Live reports some Springfield leaders expressed frustration. They've had to wait too long for guidance from the state on how to handle it. Governor Charlie Baker Thursday said he has no plans to change any state policies right now. We have a set of statewide standards, and they're based on what we see on a statewide basis. And if communities believe they need to pursue strategies uh, that are more effective and appropriate for them, that they should do so. Chris, is Baker's approach of letting local officials do what they feel is best the right one? Well, it's interesting because that's exactly what he didn't allow when the first wave of this hit. Um, I, you know, The reality is that these Delta variant cases have gone up in every state, including Massachusetts. You got to go with what the data tells you, but I think um, it's not going to be too much longer before the state's going to have to make a move if these numbers keep going up and make a decision on what they're going to impose in terms of restrictions. I know that, that the towns that I cover, um, they're sort of in a holding pattern as well, but some of them are, are having to make decisions without state guidance, and that's not making anybody real comfortable. Dave, in terms of enforcing new mandates, how hard is it going to be for communities if they do decide to implement stricter rules? I mean, unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, people are kind of sick of wearing masks, um, even though it's probably the thing that people should be doing. Uh, people don't want to close down businesses, even though it's probably the things that people should be doing. Um so there might be some enforcement issues. I think that that's where, um, you know, some guidance from the state would be helpful. Um, but the reality is that, yes, uh, just as Chris said, the Delta variant is much, uh, has a much faster spread. Um, it's more serious when you catch it often. And there's still a ton of people who are not vaccinated, including every single person under the age of 12 and a whole lot of other people who have decided not to get the vaccine. Baker also said he has no plans to mandate masks in public schools when classes begin in little more than a month. That was after a dozen state lawmakers urged him to do so for younger students who are not currently vaccine eligible, as Dave mentioned. And the American Academy of Pediatrics is calling for any student over the age of two, along with staff, to wear masks regardless of vaccination status. More guidance on the upcoming school year is expected to be released soon by state education officials. Dave, as we've seen with this virus, a lot can change in just a few weeks' time, and so can policies. Do all students and staff need to be masked up when school begins? If that's what the the American Academy of Pediatrics says, that's good enough for me. I think it should be good enough for school officials. Um, in addition to the zero students under age 12 uh, that, are, you know, that are vaccinated, there's only about 40% of the 16 and 17-year-olds that are vaccinated and only about a quarter of 12 to 15-year-olds who are vaccinated. So that's not very many people. Um, you know, I know that historically uh, the coronavirus has not affected younger people as much, but it still affects them and it still is an important vector of the way that it spreads to other people. So mask wearing, I think, should be a, a standard for, for schools as they open up. Chris, what's your take on all of this? I think that the larger question in terms of operations for schools, and there was recently a superintendent's conference on Cape Cod, and and I know somebody who was there, and and pretty much to a person, their their belief is that not only are we going to have to think about reincorporating some kind of remote aspect 
to the curriculum after the state said earlier this year that everybody's back in. I mean, the, the, the really insidious part about this variant is that it spreads like wildfire among young people and it affects people who have already been inoculated against this disorder. So, um, it, you know, it's like it's like a the flu on steroids. And I just think that the state is going to be better served and the, and the people are going to be better served if the state takes action now and puts in place some kind of standards that either require masks in the classrooms in the fall or make make a provision for them to be in remote learning because I think we're, we're not done with this. It was a huge problem last year when there was no time to plan for this, when this was getting hit. We were getting hit by this um, at the last minute. We've been in this pandemic for about a year and a half now. This shouldn't be happening the last minute. We should be making plans in advance. I agree. Moving along, recent rainy weather caused flooding and severe road damage in several parts of western Massachusetts, and a weak tornado hit Summers, Connecticut on Sunday, causing a lot of tree damage. Some scientists say climate change could be playing a role. Mary Stampone, a professor at the University of New Hampshire, says extreme conditions are one thing that can accompany a changing climate. So it makes dry conditions drier and wet conditions wetter. And so in the summer, you know, as our temperatures are getting warmer, when it's wet, the air can hold more moisture. And so storm systems that pass by can contain more water. Chris, let's go back to the immediate aftermath for a second. Franklin County, where you were based, was hard hit. What have you been hearing and seeing? Uh, a lot of standing water and a lot of concern about mosquitoes, a lot of concern about more rain coming in and what that will do. I mean, you've got a lot of these towns that have aging infrastructure underneath their streets that aren't ready to accommodate nine inches of rain in, in the span of a month. Look, is, whether or not this is global warming, I think, is a, is a kind of a crazy debate. You don't have to be a, a crazy environmentalist to recognize that something is changing here. The problem is that for small communities, especially that don't have a lot of money in the bank, this is a physical problem that has to be dealt with right now. It's an infrastructure problem that has to be dealt with right now. And I don't see the state necessarily outside of a few people at Mass DOT, really looking at the serious fiscal inf- and impacts that these kinds of weather events are having on towns. And pretty soon, towns are going to start finding themselves with no money at all because of, of damage repairs related to some of these weather events. Dave, as we wrap up, we've gone from talking about a drought to talking about really wet weather pretty quickly. What have you been noticing? Yeah, I have to say as a... a a dad of two very young kids. Um, we've been having to uh, navigate a lot of extreme rain and a lot of inside time and a lot of outside wet time. Um, yeah, it's climate change. I mean, you don't have to be a, a, a scientist to really uh, see that. And um, yeah, it's it's very concerning. I mean, I wonder if there, if maybe on the horizon, something like the CARES Act for climate change might be able to infuse some money, some needed money into cities and towns and, and things like that to to really take care of all these these aging infrastructure projects. All right. Veteran Western Mass journalist Dave Eisenstatter and Chris Collins with Franklin County Now, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist and EPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time wherever you get your podcasts or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.